Can't be without you, baby. Well, uh, by the way, the song by Mary J. Blige, I was listening to it earlier. You know, re-listen. Obviously, I know the song. Back in the day from the VH1 Top 20 Countdown. And, God, there were some songs they abused the fuck out. That and the reason by Hoobastank. I don't know why. During that time frame, I'm pretty sure it was the same year. They were always just always in the top three. Great songs. Um, but Be Without You. First of all, I'm going to be honest. I don't want ever someone to feel like they can't be without me. Because... Um, trust me, I can be without you. I've gone at this point, 25, 26 plus years of my life without you. I think it's crazy when people say I can't be without you. It's like, yeah, you can. You, you've been without me longer than you've been with me. I appreciate the fact that you want to be with me, but that creates this ride or die mentality. And then your El Chapo's wife going to prison for 50 years out of pure quote-unquote love, which I don't really feel like that's love, but hey, whatever. Um, but also, he, I, when I was listening to this song, I was like, oh, it, the nostalgia. It brings back the memories, babe. And then the part where like, would you, would you, uh, she basically talking about, would you lie? Would you try to cover it up? I wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> basically, if she were to catch you in a lie, she would ask you. And if she knew, if she found out about something, she would ask you just to see if you would lie. But she already knows the answer. Let's just say in this case, she found out that you cheated on her. It's like, okay. So you're going to ask me just to see if I lie to you. Because if I lie to you, that makes me a terrible person. But if I tell the truth, I'm all of a sudden a saint. It's like, but the action is the action. If I shit on the toilet seat, if you come up to me and ask, hey, did you shit on the toilet seat? And I said, yes, I did. She's like, oh my God, I love your honesty. It's like, I still shit on the toilet seat. The intention didn't change. I feel like that's one of those things where it's just like, like, how many more things do you need to leave my ass? Please, be without me. And welcome to episode 159 of the Often Beat Podcast. Um, I am your host, Clint Nelson, recording a doubleheader. Recording this July 23rd, 2022. It is 11.15 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to like, follow the pod, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen... Don't forget to suck some titties. Jeez, my voice is completely gone. It's weird how, like, the less you use your voice, and since, like, I don't talk a lot in the day, the less I use my voice, the more, like, fucked up it gets. It's almost like if you don't use something, it stops working. Uh, rest in peace, my my peeny. Um, <laughs> well, that would be weird. If I, well, you would think the less you use your dick, that hey, you know, I'm just a, I'm like a beaver. I'm just uh, keeping it underground till you know Groundhog Day, baby. And then it's gonna happen over and over and over again, over and over, over and over again. And uh, I'm not talking about the dilemma. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Um, no matter what I do, it will just stay in my pants for you. And when I'm being without you, I'm still gonna fucking lie to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Clint. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, the double album beyond, I'm gonna be transparent here. Uh, the double header pod's typically the second one. Doesn't always hit well, but, uh, you know. We're gonna we're gonna make this hit. That's why I'm wearing the wife beater. Um, been been wearing a lot. By the way, oh, I was thinking about this. Not to make this the gym pod, but it occurred to me. I even looked this up because I'm starting to think am I becoming a douchebag? Is wearing a tank top every time you go to the gym, or I should say consistently? Let's just say over like a two week period. Every time you go to the gym, you wear a tank top. Are you a douchebag? 
Yes, I want to ask a question. If you if you start wearing a tank top every time to show off, and I don't wear it to show off my physique. I, I honestly, I just wear it because it's actually slightly more comfortable than my justification is, hey, you know, I don't want to ruin my good shirts, um, even though athletic dry fit shirt are literally designed to work out. So my justification is probably actually worse than wearing cotton that rashes my titties. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, as a man, we will always find the way to rationalize some stuff. Um, but are you, if you, if you wear a tank top every time you go to the gym, I wonder if other people at the gym actually say this fucking guy. Or in my opinion, I actually don't think anyone at the gym really fucking cares if you wear something. Because I wish. I Because there's so many clothing things I can nitpick of people I see anywhere I go. Not just the gym. Because I feel like the gym is a safe place. You know, it's an actual safe space. Not... Anytime you have to say somewhere's a safe space, it's probably not. Like, if you say, like, oh, come to my house and we can study, it's a safe space. It's like, well, uh, it's a safe space until, hey, well, Gloria's here nine and a half months later. Um, <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Oh, oh, gotta love it. Um, and typically, safe space, quote unquote, when someone describes somewhere as a safe space, it sounds manipulative and deceptive. It sounds very cultish. You know, cult leaders say, hey, this is a safe space. Tell us what you feel. Just say what's on your mind. Like it's an AA meeting. AA meetings, are those safe spaces? I mean, they're anonymous. But you know everyone there is judging you. So when you're at the gym and you wear a tank top all the time, I started thinking this. And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe I need to dial back the tank top wearing. Even though a lot of people wear it there. But when you get looked at a lot, am I like, do I need the dial back? Am I being a douchebag? Is it actually the slightly better physique you have you should dial back less? As weird as that fucked up sound. We live in a world where the better your physique is, you almost feel guilty for being a distraction. Ah, jeez, I'm starting to sound like a pretentious asshole. But the better of a physique you gain, if people notice that when your physique increases, your physique gets better, you're wearing a tank top. Does that kind of make you look like you're a show-off? Does it kind of make you look like you're riding high on something? Or does that actually show that you're confident? Because pure confidence is... Being comfortable in your skin regardless of how it looks. Like, I should have been wearing tank tops when I wasn't looking this way. But, that would be true confidence. But now that I'm wearing it when I'm comfortable in what my body is, does that actually make me look insecure? See how fucked up, like, we live, but now we gotta think about every little thing we're fucking doing. When no one's probably even thinking this, but it's just something I think of. Because I think, like, because I've seen... Because I started judging other dudes that wear tank tops at the gym. It has nothing to do with their physique. It's how they work out and their obsessiveness with how they look in the mirror when they work out. And they're like flexing in the mirror, pulling up the shirt to show their kind of abs, you know. And that's the thing. I don't do that shit. I don't even like looking in the mirror when I work out. But... Like, I understand looking in the mirror, like, you know, you see whatever, like, there's a normal way of doing it. But when you see these these dudes specifically most of the time, where they're just looking at themselves, and it's unnatural. Like, someone will be on the squat rack, but the big-ass mirror's on the right side, so they literally have to pivot their head 90 degrees to the right while they're squatting, 135, I may add, nothing crazy, um, and... They're looking at themselves, oh yeah, look at my ass, ass to grass, well, in this case, like, more like ass to, you know, whatever the fucking, you know, the, it's not plastic, but, you know, it's like plaster, weight room floor, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm sitting there like, you, you like, this looks so sus, I don't think this part, how sus, 
Like, you were literally just watching your ass from the side. It's almost like if you were just had your, if you were just waiting in line at a Starbucks and there was a nearby table and you just set your right cheek on there while like poking it out a little, while twisting your neck a little bit, if that makes sense. Like, you just look weird as hell. And I started thinking the obsessiveness with how we look. Is that part unhealthy? And I was thinking about like, wow, am I unconsciously wearing tank tops because maybe I seek some validation? I don't know. I don't think that deeply. Well, I guess I do if I thought about it. But I don't think that deeply. Like, it's honestly just I wear the same stuff to the gym. So I don't think about what I'm wearing because my focus is the work, not everything else. Some people want all the equipment. Some people want all the aesthetics. Some people want all the shit. But the part that matters most is what you're actually doing. And so I was and I'm like, am I being a douchebag wearing a tank top all the time now to be determined? Maybe I should ask. Do a survey. I'm going to start being like one of those people. Like uh, be one of those survey YouTube channels that goes on the street and just walks up to people with putting the mic in the face. Like, do guys wear uh, where they just start asking random shit? Very niche. Do guys that wear tank tops at the gym are they douchey? You go to a group of three girls. You get one girl be like, oh my God, it's so, it's so unattractive and all. And one girl's like, well, I don't know, you know, I think be yourself. it's weird how when a guy does something, it's all of a sudden, it's like, well, you know, it kind of comes off as, uh, it kind of comes off as into themselves and stuff, but then when they wear a tank top where it shows half their belly button, it's confident, but it's cool, you know, we'll differentiate, just differentiate, but it's a safe space, right? Um, <laughs> by the way, the most biggest turnoff for me in life now this applies to the not just the gym, but anywhere now. I I honestly think in today's world, the biggest turnoff, and it doesn't even have to be from the sex that you're interested in. Just being around someone, someone that just instantly make it like a stranger be like, I would never probably approach this person or ever want to talk to this person or ever really want to get like to know them, even if they are attractive. Even if they seem like they're an interesting person as a friend. I think an immediate turnoff now is because simply whatever the norms is, whatever we've constructed as norm, starts to become a turnoff over time and things simply flip-flops up as norms and shit. I think anyone that's obsessed in their phone and literally feels like they're lost in their phone. I honestly feel like that's like an immediate turnoff switch in our head now. At least for me, like when I see someone so into their device and they're just scrolling mindlessly, they're just on it and it it doesn't even feel like it's like they know what they're trying to do and then get done with. And they're in the middle of something that's not really ideal to be on your phone. Like if you're sitting somewhere at a coffee shop on your phone, all right, you know, that's one thing. You're like walking around, you're at a store, you're doing this. It's like, all right. You're in your car driving like this can't this isn't that important type of thing, but it's more like someone it seems like a phone now a device of a type. It seems like just an excuse to pass time by but we don't even realize it. I think some people realize it, but it seems like there's this uh, when I instantly see someone in their phone it automatically makes me unattracted to them. Not looking at your phone. You gotta understand, like, you know what I'm talking about when I say this. When you just see someone just lost in their phone, there's something about it that's just like, wow, I automatically assume this is like a lost person and what they want to do in life. I automatically assume, especially someone of my age, and I get younger people more susceptible, but I also feel like at a certain point, you actually have more power 
to not be involved in this since you've grown up with it you actually should know how to deal with it more i i got i actually i feel more empathy for an older individual who's like their 40s and 50s who didn't grow up with the phone and stuff so like when they got presented it it was like at a stage where when you learn things it's like it's like learning how to skateboard when you're 30 it's whoa I can't believe like I never did it. And then you become so obsessed with it. When your younger years are typically when you become obsessed with stuff and you learn how to manage over time. And but when you see like someone my age just like so into the phone, it automatically makes me unattracted to them. In every single type. It automatically be like, oh, I would not want to hang out with this person. They would just be trying to find something through the internet or through whatever to fill in time. And then you just kind of feel like someone that's filling in time. And I just kind of, you know, that kind of hit my mind because I, obviously everyone sees it every day. But I think there was a specific incident where I was seeing someone, the process of someone recording themselves, taking up like a whole area at the gym and I was like, it doesn't bother me when people record themselves working out. I get certain purposes of it. But when you're like say, taking up like more time to set everything up, do this and do that, just to do like a few reps of an exercise, it's almost like, what did you really accomplish by that? You spent more time thinking about doing something than just fucking doing it. And it's the definition of insecurity seeking validation, in a sense. I don't know. And there's other instances where just someone so being lost in your phone, it really just kind of, there's something about it that makes me feel like there's something about you that is just seeking something that you're, you're just kind of seeking anything to be thrown at you. And it doesn't seem like you're seeking anything specific or you don't have anything in mind original that you actually want to learn or you're not really seeking any type of information specific of something that you thought of or something that you have an interest in. It just kind of seems like you are just entertained me. And that's okay to want to be entertained. But when the entertainment is kind of overtaking you, there's something about it that just makes me like, I would not want, I don't even know what I would talk to this person about because I would, they would look at me like their phone, entertain me, talk to me about something, fill my time. And I think like it's something so small. And I think when you see something so small, you overthink it, like I was talking about the tank top thing earlier, but it's something so small, but it's something you think about, and you then, of course, you generalize, you make assumptions based off your experience, you make, honestly, probably some stereotypes based off maybe someone's body type, how they look, you know, and they're probably the same ones that always say like, oh, you know, I can never get this in my life, I can never achieve this, I can never... Oh, it's so easy for everyone else because everyone had ne because nepotism. You had you had a dad that had this. You come from money. It must be nice being pretty. It must be nice pretty privilege. Uh, it must be nice to not get fucked over all the time. It's like, well, maybe if you opened your eyes a couple inches above your phone, you would see what everyone else is see, and that is just someone who is seeking. Something that's not real. And I don't know. Uh, maybe you wouldn't have a negative warped sense of view about things. Because I say it's like the most positive people I've ever met now are people who aren't really like into their phones like that. It doesn't mean they don't have a phone. It just means that when you don't see them just scrolling on apps. You don't see them just talking on the phone with their girlfriend for 15 minutes about fucking nothing. Like, I, like I'll, I'll be honest. There's nothing more cringy 
and look, as a guy, I dig, like, I get it. Like, sometimes you could be on the phone and trying to do your part and fulfill time because it matter. But there's nothing worse than hearing two people talk on the phone. And I get the puppy love shit, but when you are grown people-ish, at least people my age, and you're sitting on the phone, like, talking about nothing, and I don't mean, like, a subject matter about nothing, I mean, like, you were saying, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, then this, it's like, oh, my God, remember that first, remember when we watched this first show on Netflix together, it's like, but when I went, oh, here we go, when I went, when, when I went on that date to Cheesecake Factory, first of all, when me and the person I was with, we sat at this table, and there was, like, Tables and sink, which by the way, I don't understand the structure of having a booth on one side and a chair on the other side. You were just asking for like, hey, you make it awkward for the two people where it's like, do you want a booth? You want the chair? It's like, it don't matter to me. Well, it don't matter to me. It's like, why can't it just be both booths on both sides? Why can't it just be chairs on both sides? So we don't have to think about this. You're just giving me one more fucking thing to think about. But whatever. It's cool. Um, <laughs> but we sat down. And there was this one-on-one, I I would call them a couple, but honestly, I'll be honest, I questioned the guy's sexuality. Um, He had a peach drink, and uh, I feel like his peaches were going more (laughs) that night than in Georgia. Um, (laughs) It was just his voice. It's not even his voice, his mannerisms. And it seemed like the girl did not want to fuck him at all. And I'm a pretty good gauger about that. Like, I'm pretty good gauge. Like, if you're around a guy and a girl when they're together, it's pretty obvious. You can tell when the girl just does not want to fuck the guy or does not find him really attractive. And she may do it anyways, you know, because, you know, whatever. And it's like, eh, all right. But you can tell, like, it's not that hard to figure out when someone's just not into someone. It's really not. Especially the guy... I'm actually better at telling when a girl likes a guy than if a guy likes a girl. As weird as that may fucking sound. But anyways. But um, when we got there, like, they were very talkative. But when we sat down, they got really quiet. And I don't know what it was. I was like, alright. Um, but. Shit, what was the fucking story I was going to tell? Shit, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, fuck me. Ah, Jesus, Clint. Oh, Jesus. The guy, the girl. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why am I drawing a mental blank? Sorry, guys. Stick with me. Stick with me. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back together. Okay. So, uh... Oh, so when, uh... When we sat down... Oh my fucking Jesus, Clint. <sighs> I'm a, I'm really pissed. I know what I was talking about, but I don't. I was talking about a couple. Alright, I was talking about a couple. Cheesecake Factory, sitting down. Oh, when we went on the date at Cheesecake Factory, or when I was with my date, there was a couple there. Ah, fuck me. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, basically, he was not fuckable. Um, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, like, oh, okay, yes. So we sat down. And it was just insanely, weirdly quiet. Like, you just tell when someone whole, like, mood shifts. And, oh, yes, here's what it was. All right, I don't care what people say. You overhear people's conversation, especially when they're really quiet and then they speak at certain points. And I'm just sitting there, you know, like, hey, we should get this for Avatar. And then the dude was so desperate for conversation, right? Like, you just draw him, like, to me, I, I feel like you should be able to be in someone's presence and not have to speak every second to feel like you got to fulfill it. Like, it's okay just to be in someone's presence and just be there. Like, I don't think it was their first day by any means because it wasn't. Because apparently... They watched some type of show before. And of course it was the typical bullshit. 
oh my god, like, do you remember when we watched this fucking show on Netflix? I don't remember the fucking show. It was like some, I, I was like, I forgot the show they were talking about because I didn't give a fuck. Because it didn't seem like a show I would watch as a guy, but whatever. Like, oh my god, we watched it. It's like, you don't remember when we watched that show? And she's like, um... I mean, yeah, I just don't remember, like... It's like, it's like, come on, we watched the show. Like, that was, like, the first show we watched. He did the whole, like, remember the first show? To try to bring nostalgic to the conversation, which basically means translation. He doesn't have anything interesting to talk about. Um... When you start bringing back old shows that you watch together, so we Netflix this show together. It's like, ah, Jesus, dude. Like, uh, it's got to that point. I feel you, man. I feel you. But damn. Better luck next time. Um, but it was like the second we sat down, like uh, their whole energy shifted. You can tell when like people are like, oh, like having fun. And then you sit down and I don't know what it was. They just kind of got quiet. It was almost like they were disgusted by my presence. Maybe because I was white. I don't know. You know? Story of my life. Always sticking out. Um, I would say like a sore thumb, but it feels like uh, that was in his booty hole. Um, <laughs> pucker up, baby. Pucker up. Um, <laughs> um, talk about the pull-in, pull-out method. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, like... And we, we sat down, and I was just over here, and, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, this girl is not into this guy. And she was being nice. It's not that she wasn't engaging, but she was just bored out of her fucking mind. And I think because person I was with, we were having decent conversation I think I think she felt that. I, I think there's this weird competition where girls when they're around like when when there's multiple dates like side by side each other, I think when they feel like when girls feel like the other couple is having a better time or is enjoying their interaction, they start questioning theirs more. And they there's this weird like kind of they start questioning what they're doing, who they're with. And honestly, I think she knew she was with a fin boy. And she was trying to get with the, this boy. Um, <laughs> and I felt that. And I think, oh Jesus, I'm starting to sound like a pretentious asshole. But I don't know what other explanation. Um, but what it really exposed to me is that, wow, like, you you really don't understand your lack of awareness until you view other situations that are very similar. And you're like, wow, I've done that before. But then you actually see it from a point of view. You're like, whoa, this is really uncomfortable. And I start imagining like how many dates I've been on where I did the same shit probably in my younger days. And... The other person was probably bored or felt uncomfortable. And I didn't even realize it. And that's one of those epiphany. Like Drake said. Shit. When he's talking about my bodyguards, my security guards. They'll hit you out of nowhere like epiphanies. Um, <laughs> um, and that was a big one. I was like, wow. All because I felt this pressure to... Be interesting all the time. All because I felt like you always had to continue talking about something. When sometimes it's okay just sit there and fucking look at a menu and eat. Like You don't have to talk every fucking five seconds. It's okay. Let me send a PSA to people. I don't care if it's your first date. I don't care if you've been together for five years. I don't care if you've been together for 50 years. It is okay just to sit with someone smile at them and enjoy for a minute or two and then kind of let things naturally play out let them ask you a question if you've been carrying the fucking load like you know when you've been carrying the load there's nothing worse than when you are carrying the load in any situation and us guys trust me we're always carrying loads 
Um, <laughs> and uh, that's why you do the laundry. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry, Clint. Uh, that's why I never lived with a girl. Um, because, you know, I do laundry every couple days. And it's weird how I actually... I've been with more girls where I know how to do more, you know, housekeeping laundry shit than they do. And, uh, I guess it shows my low standards. Um, <laughs> okay, Clint, relax, get a hold of yourself. Um, hold these and let me hold you like a real man's supposed to do my laundry. Uh, and I got a laundry list of problems now. Okay. Eat this Tide Pod, baby. Um, <laughs> okay but no seriously um it just goes to show that we that yeah our this like overthinking complex that we have nowadays because there's such like this weird pressure that because that there's this Heavy competition. And I, I think it's internal. Like, there's always competition in between sex. Like, guys, we're always going to compete with other guys for girls. And girls will always, you know, steal you from the one you already have. God damn it. You ladies, you come and get me. And you just reel me in. Um, uh, they got me with the hook. Um, but no, like... The competition thing's a real thing. And I get that. So it's like if you go on a date and that person's uninteresting and you have other options and you know that there's nearby dude. And it's weird because when when everyone knows you're available, no one wants you. But once you start going out, seeing someone, there's this aura. Even if you don't tell people, there's this aura that people start sensing. I think it's natural. Like... <sighs> That's why it's always more attractive to, you know, have someone cheat on their boyfriend or girlfriend. And then it is the, like, hey, I've been available for the past four months. It's like, yeah, but, you know, start seeing someone. I'll be interested in you. Because it's a weird thing. Like, I took something that wasn't mine in a weird way. And there's a lot of power to that. But when also, I think when you naturally start seeing someone, your vibe changes if you're happy and all this stuff. And people sense that. So if you're kind of with someone that you're not really interested in, or you're kind of out with someone that you don't, you're not really vibing with, but they're vibing with you, which I guess that's not really a vibe if only one of you. Let's just say if they're talking to you, but you're just kind of like, yeah, cool, that's nice. Oh, um, there's this thing that, yeah, you're going to see. <laughs> You're going to see if, like, yeah, I can go to fucking, it's like, this is what I'm going to get from you, and you're not even that interesting, and you're taking me to fucking P.F. Chang's? Who the fuck are you, dude? Or girl. Um, when there's all, when there's plenty of guys, I can probably take you to better places, or that will, or you probably do different events with that fit your personality more. Like, there's this real thing where the competition shit is real. And I get that. Like, honestly, like, I I, I don't find, I don't think there's a problem with that. Um, it also works the other way. And I think that's where this shit kind of gets weird. Is that typically, nowadays, with the pressure of social media and, honestly, group chats group chats between when you have seven or eight girls in a group chat or seven or eight guys, it's completely like different, but they're both just as nasty and harsh. I would actually argue that girls group chats. I've seen one or two of those. Jesus fucking Christ. Especially if you have a girlfriend that's in one of those. Hey man, at your own risk. And you just got to be able to compartmentalize like this group chat is not real. Like, yes, it's real shit they're saying, but, you know, it's just a bunch of, oh my god, he's so fine, and then guys group chat is like, yeah, I, I triple nutted in this girl, and uh, it's like, but that's my sister, 
Um, that's when you say sister, sister. Um, <laughs> uh, with the honey in the middle and some leeway. It's not a. It's not your sister. If it's in a three-way. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Nah, that's the lyrics of the song, right? Um, <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, Jesus. Who's texting? Oh, kind of busy. Um, there's this uh, thing. Sure was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. There's definitely this pressure in between where i think we listen to too many people in our close circle we listen to too many people that we're around that could be work um that could be co-workers that could be friends that could be even honestly family to a certain extent i don't think people have the ability to think for themselves because we're easily we could be easily manipulated we'd be easily pressured into things I think peer pressure, honestly, is probably more prevalent now more than ever. Because there's no urgency for you to have to think for yourself. And I think when you listen to people talk about dating and shit, it's honestly just a regurgitated circle of what they want the dating world to accept them as. Instead of just accepting that maybe your characteristics don't fit in the type of dating world that's currently, you know, active, let's just say. Um, if you ain't for the streets, uh, you better learn to beat your meat. Um, <laughs> I think it's something like for every one girl, there's 10 guys on like Tinder or some shit. So obviously the odds are going to be against you on there. And then it doesn't necessarily mean a, of a level playing field. And then there's probably like 15, 20% guys actually get swiped right multiple times a day. And then the rest of y'all are just like, hey, you know, I guess I'll swipe when I get more likes tomorrow. Um, Because tomorrow will be a better day, as Eeyore would say. Um, Maybe tomorrow I'll get a match and uh, light my bed on fire. Um, But there's definitely this... uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not a believer in, like, when it comes to body stuff. Like, when it comes to body or dating, I don't believe in, quote, unquote, that there's this unrealistic expectation. I don't think that there's a such thing as unrealistic body standards. I think when people say that, it's it's really just a, oh, I don't want to, you know, you got to accept that there's, there's a unrealistic maybe for you. But when you see someone, it shouldn't be, I want to look directly like that. It should just motivate you to be like, wow, I want to look the best I can be. And look what is possible with the human body type of stuff. And I think you could translate that to when you see that you got to be able to compartmentalize what's actually directly affectable to you. Like, I don't look at Thor, I don't look at Chris Hemsworth and say, that's realistic for me. But I do look at him and be like, man, I can try. (laughs) I can do better. I can train harder. I can put more, I can be more consistent. I it should, when you see that, it should be like, oh, I think I work hard, but I don't really work as hard as I think I do. And when it comes to competition, it's like, oh, wow, I think I'm interesting. I think I have this. I think I'm funny. I think I'm this. It's like, yeah. And there's another guy who has all those qualities, plus a 6'4", and makes 120K, and drives a car with good axles. Um, And when he turns, it doesn't make a lot of noise, or any at all, because it's not supposed to. Um, There's just some, hey... There are just things that you got to come to grips with that's realistic expectations for you. I think that's where it gets fucked up when people really think that they are they deserve or they're obligated to things just because they exist 
in that world. Just because you go on a date with someone, it doesn't mean you deserve these best amazing date gifts that you see out here or that your friend got or the dates got, whatever. Because that, that's just like, there may be a reason why your date hasn't done that for you. Maybe they got other shit that matters to them too. And, but I don't know. I, I'm not trying to get too much on tangent there. But I think that when, when you hear the word unrealistic expectations, what the fuck does that actually even really mean? Jesus, here's Clint's soapbox. Um, it bothers me. Because I don't, I don't believe that that's, I don't think that's a thing. I think unrealistic expectations is really just you are not okay with what comes with shit. See, I think people want things, but they don't want to deal with what comes with those type of behaviors. They want to, they don't want to deal with what comes with those expectations that they demand and what typically comes with a person with those expectations they demand. And I think that's where you got to be more realistic with your expectation. But no, you can have all those. But that doesn't mean the person that fills your quota actually wants you in return. That's universal. That's guy or girl. Because there's guys out here that want a woman to do this, this, and that, and look like this, and... You know, bust as applies would say, bust it, baby, with uh, Neo on the remix. Uh, because, baby, it's all because of you. Um, <laughs> I know, but I can't help it. I love the way it feels. And, boy, this is not a fantasy. It's it's real. Um, <laughs> uh, and then they're like, but then what can, then they can't do shit. But they think just because they're a man, they have inherited value. Or that there's something worth the shit. When it's like, no. You may have all the things that you've heard of characteristics that someone wants. And a lot of people may not still want you. Because maybe, just maybe, you're ugly. Um, <laughs> or maybe, honestly, <laughs> being serious. Maybe there's just things about you that come off a certain way. That you have to learn to either accept that's a part of you or do something to change about it. Then you reverse on the other side. There are girls that expect this, that, and the other from a guy. But they can't do shit. They want a guy to be this, but they don't want to fit the quota. They don't want to fit the characteristics that a guy that they aspire, the quote unquote, that they have an expectation for, would actually want from them. So when I hear this word unrealistic expectations, I just think going back to, you know, when it comes to the tank top, the guy at the date that you feel, it's a lot of lack of self-awareness. So the people that are stuck in their phone, it's a lot of lack of self-awareness of how you kind of look, of how you really come off. And I say that because... I know I have a resting quote. I don't like use a resting bitch face because I'm a guy. I have a resting stank face, let's just say. Where people always assume that I have a problem. Like I'm sad or something. I'm actually 99% of the time, I'm pretty normal. I'm pretty happy. Like then they ask me, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. They're like, oh, you just seem like you want to stab someone. And I'm like, uh, you know, what are you trying to do later? Um, <laughs> um, I have a pencil sharpener. I can sharpen a pencil for you, baby. Um, I'm all lead, <laughs> and uh, I'll I'll lead you to the promised land, uh, or Neverland. And oh boy, uh, the ending will never land. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> but no, the. When I hear un, un quote unquote realistic expectations, I just kind of roll my eyes. Because the second I hear that as like a common point from someone, I oh, my first instinct that I think from that individual is that they want everyone else to lessen what they want 
for what they want. That's automatically my first instinct. Anytime someone starts telling people what they should want and what is wrong, quote unquote, with dating, what is wrong or wrong, quote unquote, with modern society, whatever the fuck that means. It's, it seems like you just have had a harder time accepting the fact that your pull of what you want is going to be lessened because of your standards and expectations. So it's okay for you to have standards and expectations, but not for other people to have standards and expectations. And I really think the number one thing you need to, my 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 unsolicited advice anytime you start going out there seeking maybe a partner or even just someone to mingle with or to hang out with I would say the first thing you need to do before you actually like seriously start doing that shit is you really need to have a simple list in your head of Things that you don't want. You may not know what you want, but you should know what you don't want. And I just mean a couple things. Don't be one of those people with 20 things like, oh, the way he, oh, his eyebrows bother the fuck out of me. It's like, eyebrows can be easily fixed, all right? It's like, oh, he has this mole on his on his upper chest. It's like, all right, well, he can wear a sweater next time. Like, there's simple fix. Like, don't be a pervert just nitpicking Things just because you don't like someone really. But like things like when someone talks about their ex. Like if that comes up. That may be like oh Jesus. Like this is pretty early on for no fucking reason. Um, There may be a situation where you know you. I don't know you know you just got to find. You just have a couple characteristics in your head that you know are just like things that are not for you. And then go from there. You got to be a little bit more open-minded these days than previous days. But you got to still have a standard. If that makes sense. You know. I think the problem today is that people are either way too lenient and way too open-minded to shit that they don't really believe in. But they feel like if they don't expand, you know, if they don't expand their open-mindedness then there's this pressure that they're going to be single and lonely and all this shit instead of actually just it actually makes it harder because then people can't differentiate like what you actually value if you're let's say let's say um if you're a woman of faith or man of faith and let's say it really matters to you that the person you're with is a person of faith as well that means you're believer in god you go to church and all like because when you have kids it's important to you to be a faith-based family well if you meet someone and they're not right you may be like well yeah this person you know i kind of like them but they're atheists not agnostic they're atheists we're like they don't really believe in it even if they're open-minded agnostic, like, I don't know, you know, we'll see, you know, it depends on the person. It's like, you're going to basically make someone convert to some that they would only be converting for you, and it's not really genuine. And and if it, that matters so much to you, it's better to have that standard to begin with and be like, you know what, this is kind of a stepping stone for me, and if this I know this now then there's no point in even really going for it because it's going to matter to me if that is something that matters to you that's just an example and the problem is people will be like ah you know maybe that's something I maybe that's something that I don't know you know I have to see then what happens is it opens the floodgates that you justify that thing then you justify another thing then another thing the next thing you know you're sitting with a guy who's drinking a peach alcohol drink I don't you know that's the shit that happens um (laughs) um let's just say I'm assuming they took that cheesecake to go um that cheesecake wasn't the only thing that was uh getting you know 
smile on that ass like cheesecake. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. I I think people are too open-minded, as fucked up as that sounds. I think we... uh. I just hope that we get to a point where we have, uh, you know, some, it, I just hope we get to a point with each other's people where it doesn't have to be this goddamn difficult to do the simplest of shit. I think that's the hardest part these days It People are so easily manipulated. People are so easily convinced. People have no real conviction that even when you hang out or go out with someone, you don't even really know if what that person says or do or think is actually what they really think. Because there's so many things that could uh, that could have led up to the thought process that you don't really know if that's what they actually think. As fucked up as that sounds. So you don't really know what you're getting. I think that causes a lot of deception. Because a lot of people haven't really thought about. What's important to them. And I think that's honestly. When you start getting out here. You see, you start seeing that a lot. You start seeing a lot of what. Of how people really are. I know that sounds like. Oh who are you to tell me who I am. I know my truth. It's like. Really? The paternity test says otherwise. Um, oh, Jesus. That got dark real quick. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't like laughing at my own pain like a Kevin Hart special. Um, <laughs> nah, but look. Uh, seriously, it's... um. I'll advise... I'll just... You know, I'll leave the pot on this note. You know, I feel like I've rambled too much. I don't have a whole lot more to talk about. I don't even know what I really talked about most of this episode. Probably absolutely nothing. Pretty sure when I listened back to certain parts of this, I'll be like, what the fuck was this? That's why doubleheaders are not the best idea. But hey, got to give the fans something. Um, bonus. Be like, oh, it's a bonus Patreon. It's like... If I were to make a Patreon and any of y'all would pay for it, I would actually be mad at you. I would be like, you guys obviously don't think for yourselves. Um, <laughs> but no, look, I, I, I'll leave you guys with this tonight. Um, Just think about something as you get older, you're more mindful of wasting not only your time, but you do. You should become more mindful of not wasting others because as older you get, you obviously probably have less time because life's probably more busy. You're probably more productive. You probably settle into something. You probably know more of what you want in life. And you're probably more just driven to things that are better suited to you, which simply takes more time in a day. It simply means you're a busier person. You probably work more hours. You probably have more side projects you probably just have more goals you probably just just don't have the time to just go out and date and date and meet around and just walk around and do whatever so you should be more mindful of your time but you also should be mindful of others because if you're going to date within your age range if you're a normal fucking person they're probably going to do a lot of similar stuff so Obviously, honesty, transparency, all that shit. That doesn't really need to be said. Uh, I think, like I was saying, you having an idea of what you don't want so you don't waste your own time matters a lot. And it doesn't create this negative reinforcement in your head of all this shittiness we see in today's world. So where we just characterize the opposite sex as... Oh, they're all shitty and all this shit. Guys and girls were just all shitty because we're all this. It's like, yeah, because it's a cycle that this is what works. This is this repetitive thing that has fucked each other over for years now. And this is what we know. And phones, honestly, I believe are one of the biggest factors for that. It's created the inability to actually think for ourselves. 
people are highly more emotional. People care more about what someone says on a story than how they actually act with them in person. People value, people care more about if they talk for three hours about what they ate that day than actually just setting up a date once every week and a half or two weeks where you spend a couple hours with the person and actually have a meaningful time, create a connection where you can actually build more in those two hours and maybe text sparingly leading up to it and have an actual more meaningful, engaging time together than just trying to saturate each other's time. And I think people value... I think that's where the shit gets fucked up. People would rather talk and talk on the phone and text abundance amount, but not actually make time to actually have meaningful time with each other. Oh, Jesus, like Clint getting in his soapbox. But no, honestly. And even, you know, I even, I used to get a, I'll say I used to, one of my biggest issues with past girls' days is to say that, I don't, you know, I we don't talk on the phone that much. When we do, it's kind of awkward and weird. We don't, te- you don't text a lot. We don't really text in conversational. It's like, okay. But when we hang out in person, it's typically pretty well. Yeah, but, you know, there's the lead. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not saying there couldn't be improvements. But at the same time. Would you rather have someone that talks to you clean and text, but then when they're in person, they're like, I, yeah, that's cool. And they just talk about nothing. Like, is that what you rather want? Because I don't, you know, and I, and I mentioned my faults in the past. Or at least, I shouldn't even say my, I, should, I mentioned what I've been criticized for in the past. I'll say that uh, because I'm not necessarily saying that they're right. Um, I, n- I never admit I'm wrong, baby. Um, once you admit fault, it's uh, it's like an earthquake. That fault just keeps growing. And it's just an excuse for you to continue getting in that fault. No matter fucking what you do right. Um but I, I'll, I would get criticized for not being a texter or caller all the time or blah, blah, blah. And I had to come to grips like, well, that's because I don't value those that much. And that, that's, a, that's a hard place to get to a point where you admit that I don't value what you value, apparently. Regardless of all... What I feel I do right that I feel is important. Obviously, that's not as important to you. And I think that's a weird place to... And I also think that's more of a younger thing. I was also younger ages, like 19, 20, stuff like that. I'm 26. And that it's really it's really a different game six years later. Like, it's... The ages from 2020, it's like a whole different dating idea. It's a whole different thing you expect is a whole different thing that matters to you you're a different person everyone different person like I couldn't imagine sitting there on the phone with someone for an hour for anything like the conversation would have to be out of this world because the idea of like me sitting on the phone for an hour not doing what I normally do and taking time to talk with someone on the phone for an hour like that would take something crazy these days to be honest but in person, I'm actually more comfortable talking. In person, I feel like there's actual things that naturally will come up more. You know? And, but to some people, talking on the phone constantly or at least regularly, texting regularly matters because it makes you keep an active engagement, which I guess has value. But something I've had to come to terms with is that stuff doesn't really matter to me because I don't think it really matters a whole lot. If you really like someone and you truly have a connection with someone and an understanding. Because it's not the amount of time. It's not the amount of time you talk and spend with someone that matters. It's about when you spend together. What does it feel like?
does it make all the times that you didn't speak during the week worth it? Or is it the only way I could validate spending this okay time with you is the fact that there was a decent buildup to this? And there's a lot of ways you can look at that. And for me personally, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I cannot talk to someone for a week and then be like, hey, let's hang out Thursday at 5 o'clock and we go somewhere. And then we hang out and it's amazing. And I will get more of an endorphin high. I will get more of that like a uh, post pump, you know, like the feeling you get when you go to the gym and the rest of the day, you just feel good. Like there's, there's, I think there's like this, um, internal, like, I, I think it's actually science, like this internal eight or 12 hour thing that after when you go on a good day with someone or you hang out with someone, a friend in person, the interpersonal connection that matters, like there's this after effect that sticks with you, that makes you feel good. Your mood is typically better. I think it's science. It's science, bitch. Um, I think that shit's real. So, I don't know. What the fuck do I know? Um, obviously, obviously a little bit too much experience here. Who needs a Joe Rogan experience when you got a Clint's past failures of a whole lot of experiences? Um, so yeah, that was episode 159. Often be podcasts where I said oh, I would end it 10 minutes ago, but I was like, fuck it, let's make it an hour for no fucking reason. All right, guys, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all pot on all podcast apps. Uh, most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Um, unless, of course, you know that's on your list of things that you don't want. And in that case, I don't want you and no one else wants you either. Have a great day.